the last candle of Hanukkah. And I'm wondering how many sufganyot we actually ate during this whole week. Sufganyot are the Israeli jelly donuts. I need prayer specifically for this morning's message. Let's pray, not just for me, but pray also that the Lord would really open up the hearts of each person who is listening. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that we can meet here in freedom and hear your word. We ask that you would anoint Danny with your holy presence and for Vova and for Renee as we translate. Father, that we would hear your word this morning, not just through our ears, but through our heart. Let's turn this morning to Jeremiah 29. Jeremiah 29. Last week, we spoke about how God has called us to be a temple for him. And we also talked about how that the first temple was destroyed. And there's a special verse here in chapter 29 that we all know. And here we see that God has spoken through Jeremiah the prophet a wonderful promise. In verse 11, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. This promise was given to the people of Israel after they heard that they would be taken to Babel for 70 years. We know that them going to Babel and being taken to Babel was a time of trial and judgment on Israel. And so God called the prophets to call the people of Israel back to him, back to serving him, and quit serving idols, and they didn't listen. And isn't it wonderful how God, through judgment and through pain, he gives a hope. And I'm sure that the leadership of Israel at the time that they received the word that they would be taken to Babel for 70 years, I'm sure they were in shock. And so we know according to the word of the Lord that this is truly what happened. Nebuchadnezzar came with his army and they took the people to Babel. And they were taken to Babylon really through disgrace. The temple was destroyed. All the utensils and things within the temple were taken to Babylon. And in the middle of all this judgment on them, God gives them this promise. He says to all of the children of Israel, I want you to know what I have in my heart. I want you as children of Israel to know that my thoughts for you as a God are not for destruction, but my my thoughts towards you are to bring you peace. And my thoughts towards you are to bring you a hope. And this is exactly what he did. We know that after 70 years, they returned to the land. This morning, Danny wants to share with us what does it mean, the hope of Israel. And when I say the hope, and I think of the word hope, I don't think just of the national anthem of Israel, which is called Hatikva, or the hope. Maybe for those of you that don't know the word hatikva in Hebrew, Danny will give us a quick lesson on this. The, in the dictionary, the word tikva or hope is written as expectations, 
expectation for something, waiting, expecting that what you are waiting for will come, to wait, to be strong. And there are some people that believe that the word tikva in Hebrew comes from the Hebrew word kav or connection. It's a connection that will connect you from the past to the present with you, uh, to the future with you in the present in the middle. And the Israeli national anthem, Hatikva, the, the hope. There are very strong words in this national anthem. Last night, Danny had the opportunity to hear um, a CD or a cassette tape. Just so you know, the, the poem or the national anthem Hatikva was written by a poet, Naftali Hertz Imber, in the year of 1886. And the hymn, the national anthem, was actually a lot longer, and it's gone through some changes. And so, in, according to this hymn song that I listened to yesterday, it was written recorded 61 years ago. These people that sang this hymn were concentration camp survivors from the concentration camp of Bergen-Belsen. This concentration camp is in northern Germany. And in this concentration camp, more than 50,000 Jewish people. And those of you that know the story of Anne Frank, she was also in this concentration camp. And according to the psalm, the story when the British ally army came in to rescue these people in the concentration camp, it was a Friday. And with them in their army, with the British army, was also a BBC reporter. And about two hours after they were rescued, the survivors of this concentration camp gathered in the city square that all around them, uh, they were surrounded by bodies. And then they sang this anthem of hope. And it, I was just astounded when I heard this. I cannot even imagine what they went through, through all the pain and the suffering of six years in a concentration camp. After 10 years of anti-Semitism and persecution, they sang the hope. And they sang it according to the old words, the older words. And I will read for you a portion that is a little different than what we know now. We have not lost hope. The old hope we have not lost. To return to the country of our fathers, to the city where David dwelt. We know it as the national anthem of the hope of the year for 2,000 years to be free in our own country. But the original says to return to the country of our fathers, to where David dwelt. 
And I saw in this the scripture verse that God, that we just read, that God says, I will give you a future and a hope. And then all of a sudden, these people who had the door closed for them for so long, that door was opened of opportunity for them to come back to the land of where David dwelt. We're going to turn to Ezekiel 37. Ezekiel 37. And this is a scriptures that we know about the dry bones. And we want to look at a few verses there. Ezekiel 37. Here we see that Ezekiel, through God, had a vision. And he saw a whole valley of dry bones. This vision was so strong to Ezekiel that he didn't even have the hope that, that anything would happen with these dry bones. And then the scripture says, prophesy to these bones. And then all of a sudden, these dry bones start to receive life. Verse 11, then he said to me, son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They indeed say, our bones are dry, our hope is last, and we ourselves are cut off. And this is what I believe is really happening in our country today. You can describe this really as people wandering around with no hope. They have no hope in the government. They have no hope in the army, especially after the last war that we had with Lebanon. And even to know that most of our ministers in our government are um, being checked on uh, for crimes and things that they have done, things that they have committed. And for our people, it's very, very difficult for them to really find hope in something in our land. And here we read that, that it says, we are cut off, our hope is lost, there's nothing we can do. The worst thing that can happen to a person is when he has lost hope. And this is what happens when people are depressed and little by little they come to a time or a period of, of thinking of suicide. You don't really care about what's happening around you. And you just want to leave this whole situation and at this point people then decide to commit suicide. But in verse 12 he continues and he says, Therefore prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, O my people, I will open your graves and cause you to come up from your graves and bring you into the land of Israel. Verse 14, it says, I will put my spirit in you and you shall live, and I will place you in your own land. Then that I, that I, the Lord, have spoken it and performed it, says the Lord. I believe that everything that's happening in our country today, every trial, every problem, economy, everything, is God is using that in order to allow the people, the Jewish people and the Arab people, to turn their eyes to Messiah Yeshua. And you know that this week also different people are celebrating Christmas. And a lot of the people don't even know what they're celebrating.
when I think about this, when I think about this, that the Messiah came and we sang the song from Isaiah, that they, people took the hope of Israel, they used that same hope to bring despair to the people of Israel and not hope to them. So we also know, according to history, that during Christmas time, during the concentration camps, many of the soldiers did horrendous things to the Jewish people at Christmas time. And instead of bringing hope to the people of Israel, they brought despair. But praise be to God that he is our hope. And he is the hope of Israel. Isaiah 59 is a scripture verse that reminds us that God's hand is not too short, that it cannot save. Isaiah 59.1. But our sins keeps us and away from God. The problem, our problem that we have with God is our sin. Not too long ago, Danny sat with a group of Israelis and they wanted to know in whom we believe. After I um, talked with them about who we believe in, I shared with them scriptures. We had some times of questions. So they said, if you say that this really was, he really was the Messiah, so why is there war? He was supposed to bring peace. It's true. It's true. The Messiah is supposed to bring peace. He was supposed to bring an end to all the war. And this is true. But the thing that has been missed in all of this, that they didn't know about the two prophecies about Messiah. Oh, the two comings of the Messiah. Sorry, the two comings of Messiah. Yeshua came the first time as Messiah, but he will also come again. I won't give you a time frame, a date, because I do not know. But we know that he will come. He will return. And they're waiting for the Messiah. They're waiting for the Messiah the first time, and we're waiting that he will return. He is the one that will bring peace. And he is the one that will reign in Jerusalem. Even as it says in the scriptures that at Sukkot, the Gentiles will come up to Jerusalem. And in Isaiah where it says there will be war no more. Wonderful prophecies and promises. But first of all, First, he had to come the first time. And here is where they've missed it. Let's go to Zechariah chapter 9. Zechariah had many different verses about the Messiah. Zechariah 9, verse 9. Zechariah 9, verse 9. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. He is just in having salvation. 
lowly and riding on a donkey, a colt, the fowl of a donkey. This promise, this prophecy was really concerning the first coming of Messiah. Your king will come to you. How will the king come? He'll come to you just or low. Have you seen a king before actually riding on a donkey? No, usually a horse. And there are some people that believe that Rabbi Meluvavich is the Messiah. How do we know that Rabbi Meluvavich is not the Messiah? Uh, because he needs to come on a donkey and not on the El Al plane. This was many years ago before he passed away. But he is supposed to come low or just, riding on a donkey. This is exactly what Yeshua did 2,000 years ago. He came. He was a king. You cannot take this kingdom authority away from him. But it says that he put all this to the side. But it says that he came to be like us. To be on the same level as us and even lower than us, to be a slave, a servant, to serve. We read in Luke, in the New Covenant, Luke chapter 1 and 2, about how the angels came to explain and to share about the Messiah. And these verses that they talked about is also coming from Isaiah, where it says, For unto you a son is born, unto you a son is given and the government will be upon his shoulder. And the same child that was born in Bethlehem, we also have this prophecy in the book of Micha. Micah chapter 5, verse 2, But you, Bethlehem Ephrathah, though you are little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth to me the one to be ruler in Israel, whose going forth are from old, from everlasting. Micah 5.2 All of these wonderful prophecies and promises pointed to one one that would come one that would come to be with us in this world for a time period to heal sick but more importantly to bring hope to the hearts of the people. The Romans were a cruel people. They were, they were over our country at that time. All of the Jewish people at that time had the expectation of a Messiah. Even the disciples had the expectation. And when the Messiah came and he was low and riding on a donkey and maybe he didn't even have food to eat at the time, they didn't really receive it and know it. They thought that Messiah will come and bring an end to the Roman control and rule and that the temple will be, the temple will be put in order and that he will rule from there till the ends of the earth. But he didn't do those things. He came to speak about matters of the heart, things that concern us. He came to talk about sin came to talk about the fact that we need to change. He didn't even speak about the Romans. He spoke 
about the matters of the heart. And when the time came that he would die for us, in the death of the Messiah, we received forgiveness. We received atonement. And for me, this is hope. Amen. That something can come out of each of us. Danny shares that one of the things that brings him joy throughout the day, when I take a few moments sometimes throughout the day to really think about eternity. Do you think about this once in a while? Eternity? Have you thought about eternity? Or maybe you're just too busy with everything and the concerns of the world now. I think about this once in a while. One day, we'll be in heaven, just like we sang. Sometimes those people among us that would like to have the baptism in the water, they ask me, um, is, is it okay if I have white clothes on? I say, it doesn't. you don't need it now because in heaven you'll receive your white clothes. But one day, we will be in heaven. And I want to be part of the choir that's in heaven. I want to sing. Karen doesn't really let him sing up there. <laughs> and maybe that's rightly so. <laughs> But when I'm there, I will be singing, and I will really sing. And you will just will hear heavenly music. When Danny thinks on these things, all of the things here on the earth at that same time that I'm thinking of those heavenly things, it's not so bad, all these things on the earth. I want to look at a verse in Psalms. Psalms 25. Psalms 25. David the king knew what it was to have hope. Verse 5, he says, Lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. On you I wait all the day. Can you say this about yourselves? That you wait on the Lord all day? Remember that we talked about hope in the Lord is not just something that is in the, is in the future and expectation, but that we wait on the Lord. Psalms chapter 5. Let's turn to Psalms chapter 5. Let's read verses 3 and 4. Psalms chapter 5, verses 2 and 3. Give heed to the voice of my cry, my King and my God, for to you I will pray. My voice you shall hear in the morning, O Lord. In the morning I will direct it to you, and I will look up. Psalms 5, verses 2 and 3. Every morning, I believe every morning, he was a man of prayer, but he says, early in the morning, I get up, and he says, I look to you, and I expect from you. Don't forget that hope is expectation. What is your expectation for the day? Think about this for a minute. Maybe you have a TV program that you like to watch. And you say, oh, it's 7 o'clock, my show is coming on, my show is coming on, and I wait. Or maybe it's a meal, somebody has invited me to eat. <laughs> Especially if, if I invite him to eat. <laughs> it's an expectation. Oh, Danny, <laughs> Mexican food. <laughs> we have expectations all throughout the day. God wants to teach us to wait on him to expect from him that during the day that we have that expectation that we say, wow, God is going to do something. And this really challenges me personally. 
think for yourself that you receive a letter with an invitation to meet to meet the head of the prime minister or the head of the army, head of the government tomorrow morning at 8 o'clock. How will you spend the night? Oh, you say, no big deal. It's just, it's just the, the head. It's just the head of the country. And it doesn't matter if you like him or you don't like him or if you really support him or you don't support him. But you realize that you're going to meet somebody who is of high importance. You start to think, oh, what, what, will, I, what will I wear? Uh, and if he asks me a certain question, what will I say? And so you're always being prepared and being ready. You have expectation. So when we come to the Lord in prayer with expectation, I should come with expectations. And it's really a shame if we don't even come to him. He calls us. He calls us that we would turn and look to him as our hope to think about him throughout the day. How wonderful he is. How, how much he wants to be with us. 1 Corinthians 13. We have the wonderful chapter about love. But we see at the end of the chapter that there's only three things that stand. Who remembers those three things? Faith, hope, and love. And what's the biggest of all of them? Love. But don't forget that there's faith and hope. Without faith, I cannot be pleasing to God. If you want faith, if you want hope, you need faith. You know that our world is full of false hope. Sometimes it's so funny for me to hear politicians that they're living in a totally different reality. And some of them are even thinking that they can have peace with Iran. And, and they don't really realize that it's not going to happen. Where do they get these ideas? There are people that get divorced and they have a hope. They have hope that maybe their next person that they get married to or would like, that they'll be the great person. And most of the time, these people will be divorced several times. If you do not, cannot live and, and organize and be with the first one, you will not be able to be with the second one as well. All of these false hopes. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 19. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men the most pitiable or miserable. If you live your life and you're going to try and find pleasures from this world and this is what you're looking for, then the scripture says that you are going to be the most miserable of all men. The world is full of false hope. I remember in my life that I used to fill out the lottery, Toto and Loto, the lottery here in Israel. Even after I came to faith, I still filled out these papers. But later then I, I filled out these papers in a more holy manner. The numbers that I chose in the Loto 
They were, they were numbers from Bible verses. Isaiah 53, Jeremiah 31. <laughs> He's not going to continue to go into all of these things. <laughs> but one shekel he didn't even earn or gain back. And for some people, this is their hope. Always filling this out. It's going to come. It's going to happen to me. I, I'm close. I'm getting close to this. I know it. I can feel it. I know a neighbor that he he fills out these paper lotto forms each week and he spends a lot of money. I remember him from the time I was a little boy. And when Danny meets him today, he still says to Danny, it's going to happen. It's coming. I can feel it. I can see it. If he would have put to the money all the all the money to the side that he spent on the lottery forms, by now he would have been a millionaire. But the world allows you and wants you to believe in all of these hopes that are false. But for me, for Danny, God is our hope. His promises, they are real. These are the things that I can hold on to. These are the things that will continue with me into the after, into the ever after. When I think about being with God, this is something that is real. We sang the song today. I has not heard, ears not, I has not seen, ears not heard what the Lord has prepared. This is our hope. And in the same verse, verses of that, there are people that said that there was no resurrection. And, and, and Shaul goes to them and says, what, that there was no resurrection? And if you think like this, this means also that Messiah didn't, was not resurrected. Who wants to live their life, walk their life through, and bow down and worship a Messiah who's dead? If I, if I do this, I'm miserable. What, to, to worship the bones? To this stone? To walk your whole life in faith after this type of teaching? Yeshua was raised from the dead, and he sits on the right hand of the Father, and he is praying on our behalf. He is alive. And this is our hope. This is the hope of Israel. We have celebrated Hanukkah. There will be people that celebrate Christmas this, this next week. Our hope, our hope for them is Yeshua the Messiah. And God calls us at this time to be filled with this hope, to think on this hope. There will be problems and trials. There will be. There, there is never a lack of problems or trials. There will be problems and trials. But when we think of our future and our hope and what will wait for us in heaven, these things that are on earth become things that are very weak, have no hold on us. You know that we are only changing. We are not staying here forever. Sometimes I see all these actors from Hollywood that they try to like get everything out of themselves. They're always trying to be more beautiful. They're always trying to say the right things. And they always are doing the right surgeries. Oh, if you have a little spot here or there a blemish, so we'll take it off. Oh, so we'll have a, a hair transplant. So if we had too much to eat, then we'll have another surgery. So our chin is falling, so we put it up. And this is the expense of millions of dollars. 
And these same people are in the camera smiling. But I want to say to you that sooner or later <laughs> you can see upon them their age. All the spots, it'll finish. One day it'll be finished. We are changing. We are not staying here forever. And this is our hope. If you've received anything this morning in, in this message, remember that He is our hope. And encourage each other with these words. Encourage yourself with these words. Don't fall into don't fall into being depressed. He is the hope. He will do more, much more than we could ever imagine. Turn to Romans chapter 14. Romans chapter 14. Sorry, chapter 15. Romans 15. Verse 13. Romans 15, verse 13. Mm. Now may the God of hope, He is the God of hope, will fill you all with joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's stand together, please. Let's pray. God of Israel, we thank you that you are the hope. We thank you for the hope that we have received through Messiah Yeshua. Father, we pray this morning for the people of Israel, Jews and Arabs here in this land, that in the midst of all of these holidays now, that you will reveal to them your hope, the hope, Messiah, Yeshua, Father in heaven. I pray for each one of us here that our hearts would be filled with hope that you are the Lord, you are the King, and you rule and reign over everything that's happening here. I pray that we would be people that would carry this hope with us, carry the hope of Messiah Israel to the people around us, the people of Israel. Blessed be your name, Father. Blessed be your name. The last 